All right, listen up, everyone. Paul, Byron, and myself have been working so hard on putting together a platform dedicated specifically to yoga teachers. And the good news is it's almost ready for you. Soon, this platform is going to be publicly released, but we want to actually make a special offer to those who have been dedicated to following us since the beginning. So that's a lot of you listeners right now. We want to make a special offer for you. And if you are interested in being one of the founding members of this Going Pro platform, then you're going to have an opportunity to do so. All you need to do is just go into any of the description of any episode and you'll be able to sign up to the wait list for this Going Pro platform so that you can take advantage of this offer. We hope to see you there. And we are back. This is part three of the three-part series for pet peeves in yoga. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes, then I strongly suggest going back and listening to those episodes first, as this one, the final one, is going to build off those last two. Welcome to the Going Pro Yoga Podcast Nugget Series. My name is Michael Henry. And I'm Byron Marseille. In these short 15-minute episodes, we're going to be answering some of the most common questions in the yoga industry so that you can walk away with the answers in a short period of time. That's right, Michael. With each topic that we choose, we'll be discussing it from two different perspectives, the teacher and the student. I'll be approaching these questions as a physiotherapist or physical therapist with over 10 years experience treating some of the most common and complex injuries. And my guidance will be from the perspective of having taught 7,000 classes, roughly 10,000 hours over 10 years. Welcome to our podcast. What do I have written here? What does this say? Oh, yeah. This is just in general. This is probably not even a yoga thing, but if someone is in absolute about something where they say something where it's fact or they say something and it's not inclusive and it's, you know, this needs to be this way or this is this, you know, this is something about the world or something like that. Like it's probably subtle and it probably doesn't bother a lot of people. But for me, I'm just like, I just don't like it when things are viewed as absolute and it's very strong opinion, strong belief, and it's shared in a public way because a couple things, one, I can feel that energy and I'm just like, what's the, like, are you using this as your platform to share your strong beliefs type of thing? Um, and then also knowing that people in the classroom, there's going to be someone that absorbs that. And now all of a sudden that might become their belief as well. Mm. And that like, you know, it's great if that's your belief, but if some people are sensitive and fragile to these things and they learn. So if it's absolute or if it's strong then people are going to pick it up and then it just kind of carries like a, not necessarily a, a um, a disease or anything like that but like if what they're saying is not true then yeah it could spread a lot of false it'd be nice to think of an example an example yeah yeah like yoga is going to make you feel good if i say yoga yoga will make you feel good is that too much of an absolute yeah i don't really like that i agree i actually don't like that either yeah (laughs) (laughs) how do you know how do you know it's gonna make me feel good today yeah you know, like you're jumping a little too ahead here. Yeah, Can't it's like trust you it's now. like sharing things, sharing from your experiences, saying like, yeah, this works really well for me or, hey, I find this is really good. This is what I like to do. You're kind of like guiding as opposed to like preaching. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess basically what I'm trying to say is if anyone's preachy about mm-hmm. anything, like they're trying to like share stuff that mm-hmm. they know or their strong belief about something, I'm just like, mm-hmm. nah. What about know. like chaturanga when you bend your elbows like this it's terrible for your elbows your shoulder yeah i don't i don't like that you don't like that no okay how would you i mean i agree i agree that a poor chaturanga is definitely terrible for your shoulders or you don't have the strength to support yourself 
can do damage to your shoulders. And, you know, a year ago when I was, before I was even doing any of this stuff, I was just reading articles and seeing what was out there on the internet, what people talk about. And there's just a lot of strong beliefs in that situation where they're like, so I don't, I don't believe in it? chaturangas. I don't do chaturangas. I don't teach chaturangas. And then I'm like, oh, so then me being new to the space, you know, I'm all, I know about the body, but I don't know that much about yoga. All of a sudden I started to formulate this belief that chaturangas are no good. I shouldn't, I should follow this guy's advice. And I should talk about like how chaturangas are dangerous for the shoulder. And then the more I like see you and Paul teach and talk about like, just, you know, if you knew what you're doing and you do it properly and here's some modifications. And if you have the strength, I'm like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it if you do it right. But I almost absorbed that strong belief without so, doing my due diligence. So instead of saying, uh, don't, you know, don't do this with your elbows, it's terrible in Chaturanga, how would you say it? So instead of saying don't do? Well, don't do, well, anything. Like, with the way, I guess we'd cue it, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like, keep your elbows in to protect your shoulders. Keep your elbows in to... Find more strength. Yeah. Things like that. Nice. Give them a reason to know why you're saying it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't say keep your elbows in or otherwise you're going <laughs> to fuck up your shoulders. You know, you're not going to say that. Right. You just yeah. encourage them. I mean, if someone hurts themselves because they don't listen to you, then I mean, what are you going to do? Right, 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 right. But anyway, so we kind of dragged into that one. But that's, yeah, it gets me. Yeah. Sometimes. Totally. Okay, so let's, uh, what's the last one? Ah, oh, yeah, so we talked about this before we started the podcast. When someone gets a little too creative with their cueing and the, mm -hmm. way, the way that they say things, and, and, and you broke it down a little bit differently, but basically in the example of that is if someone says a bunch of cueing things and they're trying to be really creative in the way that they say it, and I'm like, what? What did you just say? I don't even know what you just said. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to put my, you know? Because they're using words that, and this is from English native speaking to English native speaking. But like, if someone says something and it just doesn't land for me, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? So like, just just get to the point. Be a little bit more direct, mm. right? You know, and to just to say, I don't mind if it happens sporadically throughout the class. But if like that's the whole class, it's just a lot of creative. Like, I don't even know how to follow you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing we brought up, at least on this episode, we talked about filling space, or one of the one of the first things, filling too much space. Um, now we're talking about a very similar thing, right? Where it's it's to over queuing, which is also about less space. Um, what I think is interesting is maybe how that space is filled, and the perception of someone like Michael, like you might be um, perceiving that it's usually flowery language. I think we could agree, like like okay, and like like a butterfly, reach your arms all the way up to the sky, and also as you lift up, and there's they lose the rhythm of the whole experience, yeah. and they're just now you're up here, and you're am I breathing in? Am I breathing out? Yeah, what, that's part just, of the talking too much. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine you're holding a a, a globe above your head and connecting <laughs> all the countries at once. And I'm gonna throw this pet peeve in just because you're doing it, and I thought of it like 30 seconds ago is the yoga voice. Oh, yeah. Is the yoga voice whenever someone like fakes their yeah. voice because that's what they think they're supposed to sound like? Yeah. And what, do you, what do you mean? Is I lift my arms? Yeah, it's like it's like if I talk like this, I'm more zen. Yeah. And you can tell that I'm a yoga teacher because right. the way that I'm speaking more eloquently, yes. fluidly. And I it's have like, this, this mystical experience where I don't know why I'm in an accent right now, yeah, exactly. but now I lift things up and it's dramatic. And I have this way 
Yeah, it, it's a thing. It's one of those, I mean, this, I keep thinking of Friends episodes whenever someone like Phoebe or something met like Mike's parents, if this is, resonates to anyone that watches Friends, and she just starts talking in a British accent, and Mike's just like, who the hell are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, it's like, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> yes. The yoga teacher voice is something we break people of in going pro in our in our trainings for sure we definitely don't let that happen i do not support the yoga voice but people aren't able to hear themselves speak and that's where it starts yeah totally it's the same thing with the feedback part of like you know any not any but a lot of these pet peeves we're talking about people are doing things that are uh distracting maybe disrespectful that they don't know if they're not told you know so whether it be this the the parent with the instructing the child Mm. Maybe it's showing up late. Maybe they don't think it's a problem, you know, these types of things. But if someone shares it with you, then they'll know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what we try to do for these. And these remembering well. back, remembering back to like, I'm sure everyone can relate to this. When we f- first can remember hearing our voice, right? Not the first time, but like the first several times you heard our voice, we're like, do I really sound like that? Yep. Really? And we're like, oh, I hate that sound. That sounds awful. And that can continue through your whole life, potentially. Yeah. And then that's what, probably where that voice comes from. I think it all possibly. starts there. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the way I sound, so I'm going to make myself sound more yogi. Yeah. 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 Whatever so, that idea of yogi whatever is. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. I don't have anything else. That was my last one. Where are we at, time-wise? Uh, we're pretty much on episode three right now. Okay, well, let's finish. Yeah, okay, cool. Do you have anything else you want to add as a oh, student pet um, peeve? Student pet something peeve. That ha- something that comes in. Oh, I actually have one more. I do. It's kind of a soft pet peeve, actually. Um, and it's more so u- very unique to me just because of my craft of just knowing the body so well. Um, so one of the things I really like is when people um, talk about anatomy. But one of the things I hate the most is when people talk about anatomy. Hmm. And the reason why that is, is if you're going to say something in anatomy, make sure that people understand you. Right? And... I'm going to understand you, but I just think to myself, like, that sounds really smart, but what the hell does that mean? Because, you know, the person beside me has no idea what you just said, right? So what was the example we used before? Something to do with, uh, I don't remember. But anyway, what I would say is, like, if you say to do something, and this is fact, this is, <laughs> kind of combines a little bit with the absolutes, but if this is, you know, this is the way things are, you know, engage this muscle because, or no, not even because, just engage this muscle. Right. This is the muscle that does this or something like that. Um, it might get lost on people. We use serratus. That's what it was. That's a good example. That's right. Yeah. So pushing down through your hands to engage your serratus muscle um, and whatever, whatever. Protract your shoulders. Protract your shoulder. Push down through your hands. Engage your serratus muscle. I'm thinking to my like and thinking to myself like that's accurate. That's that's right. But I was like probably 80 percent of the room have no idea what you just said. Mm, right? right. Push down through your hands, engage your serratus anterior, which is going to help to stabilize your shoulder a little bit more and build up some stability in your shoulder. This is also known as your boxer muscle, muscle or something like that. You know, make it a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might just be the fault of people like me, anatomy mm-hmm. teachers, um, filling in information and not giving it to be relatable to the student either. But mm-hmm. so yeah. But if so, basically, if someone does that, I don't really like it. I don't love it. But if they do it in a way that's uh, kind of a reason why or this is because then I think it's great because I'm like oh cool other people are going to get that and it's it's accurate so that's a that's a win for me yeah totally is um, I was thinking about a couple of other little pet peeves as a student 
one of them being, I don't like it when the teacher isn't focused on the transitions, on how to safely bring us in and out of yoga poses. They don't need to be an expert, but at least some attention to it. Something. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is this like with the blocks, kind of? Well, I so mean, to me, I'm thinking like could be with if the you, blocks. If you're planning, if you're sequencing a class, or you're doing, you're teaching a class, and you're in a pose where you're lying in your back and you're holding something, and then all of a sudden they say, "Now take your block and do this," and your block is like at the front of your mat where you can't reach, so you got to get out of the yoga pose. Yeah. Go grab your block, go back in the yoga pose, and then try to catch up. That's a great example. The block situation. Plan ahead a little bit. I don't want to have to go like chase my block around the room, around the mat to like all the time. I want to like feel my breath. And half the time I don't need the fucking block anyways. So, you know, get the block out of my face, please. Um, But it's also other transitions like we're in crescent twist. Like how do we come out of a twist? Crescent twist, we're a beginner. It's not super safe. And I love being guided as well. I like being guided. Like let's think about lying on your back. Like. You can say, okay, bend your right knee to your chest, extend your left leg forward, twist to the twist to the left. Open your right arm to the right. Okay, done. Switch sides. Right. Right. But I kind of like the the one by one cueing. I like to be guided through. Yeah. Same with crescent twist. Like bring me out of it. Like what do I need to do first? Yeah, place your hands down. Place your hands down Step or back. even more like squeeze your inner thighs in, stabilize your body. Mm-hmm. Place your hands down. Step your left foot back in the order that I do them. Just something. Doesn't have to be a whole lot. Just something. And there was another one that actually popped up too. What was the last one? Is that the last one? No, whatever you got if you can oh. if you can think of it. Yeah, shoot. A lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> think about what pisses me off in yoga. As a student? Um Oh, it's the part of it's the adjustments. So first of all, like <laughs> This isn't related, but give me enough time in Shavasana. That's a pet peeve. If you don't give me enough time in Shavasana, I ain't coming back to your class. Yeah, right. The other thing is adjustments. I want the adjustments to be for a reason, not just to touch me and move on to the next student because you wanted to touch everybody in the class. Yeah. Um, At least I can feel that. Yeah, I can definitely feel that as well. Yeah, and some people also have like, those people typically, they're not aware of it. So they have a sneakier energy when they do touch you. And I don't feel like, supported or seen or taken yeah. care of or i'm like what's the fucking point of that yeah it's better to touch one well, not even touch but adjust or modify someone quality wise than it is to do many people i feel absolutely yeah absolutely it's I, not mean, about, I mean i don't t- touching people is not necessary at any means yeah if you're real good let's say you have a class 20 like 15 15 to 30 you know pretty good size you can get to everybody in class but you got to be really good and yeah. start from the beginning in some way. It might not be the same, you know, same type of adjustment, but once constructed. Is this in Shavasana or is no, this no, anytime? No, not anytime. at all. I'm talking about like this could be warrior one, draw your right hip back and right, you're, right. you're pushing through their back foot with your foot and you're lifting up through their shoulder, their, their side body, drawing the shoulders down, helping them. Yep. And then, yeah. And then one might be in three might be in Shavasana or one or something and might get a spinal twist in there all throughout sprinkled yeah so that was the last one yep yeah oh, i think that was the last one i can't believe we turned this into three episodes oh man it's a lot all of you pisses need, us off all you need is yeah just give us reason to to not be polite and to say the things that are actually on our mind cool awesome well thanks so much for listening to this third episode of our pet peeves 
for yoga as teachers and students. I so. hope it was edgy enough for you guys, yeah. you fuckers. Yeah, and if you didn't like it, too bad. <laughs> uh, no, but we do appreciate your feedback. So uh, anytime you do give us feedback, even about these episodes, if you thought, you know what, they were too edgy or I don't know, whatever, just give it to us. We're happy to get all feedback, all criticism, constructive or other. And that's it for us. Much love. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time. Ciao. All right, listen up, everyone. Paul, Byron, and myself have been working so hard on putting together a platform dedicated specifically to yoga teachers. And the good news is it's almost ready for you. Soon, this platform is going to be publicly released. But we want to actually make a special offer to those who have been dedicated to following us since the beginning. So that's a lot of you listeners right now. We want to make a special offer for you. And if you are interested in being one of the founding members of this Going Pro platform, then you're going to have an opportunity to do so. All you need to do is just go into any of the description of any episode and you'll be able to sign up to the wait list for this Going Pro platform so that you can take advantage of this offer. We hope to see you there.